My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the My Technicians Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach, and I'm your host. Today's episode is about how IT departments can plan ahead for when their end users begin coming back to the office. With COVID restrictions beginning to ease, many companies are starting to bring employees back to the office and jumpstart their hybrid work operations. However, this will probably create some major issues for IT professionals as they respond to new issues as a result of this unique situation. To talk about this is Hainan Landa, founder of managed services provider Optimal Networks. He says managing this transition will be difficult, so you should start planning ahead now. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decisions for your organization. And now, here's Hainan. I think the most important thing to realize is that this concept of going back into the office is huge. Mm-hmm. This is not like, um, in fact, when we all picked up and went home for the pandemic, because we had to, that was easier than what we're about to do here going back to the office. Because mm. we had no choice, right? We picked up, we left the office, we went home. And that was the end of it, right? That, mm-hmm. I mean, Forget all the pandemic and everything, but from an IT, from a user perspective, um, everyone was at home. So we had to deal with that new situation and almost no one was in the office. Now we're looking at a much more sophisticated situation where people are actually bouncing back and forth from home to the office. And that looks like it's going to stick from all indicators of public polls of workers, polls of employees, the vast majority of people and companies are planning some sort of a hybrid schedule. So your concept, your idea of being at work two days a week, is probably about right. Two to three days a week seems to be the norm. You'll have some people on one end of the bell curve who are in the office full time, some people on the other end who are at home full time, but most of the people bouncing back and forth. So what happens is you've actually got two full IT setups that you got to deal with with these people, right? And you have a lot of concerns that that permeate that that scenario. And because it's happening now in real time, you actually have to plan for it. Because if you let this thing come on top of you as an IT professional, wow, you are, um, you're going to be struggling. Mm. Okay, so I'll give you a sim- super simple example. I, I came to home, I started working, literally the first two days of the pandemic, I was at the dining room table, I set up a green screen behind me, and I was working on my laptop, and I'm like, this is BS, <laughs> I'm not getting, I can't do this. <laughs> so I ran back to the office, I don't know if you remember at the time, we all were like wearing gloves, and I don't know, yeah. we were all freaked out, and 
and I grab my big monitor and I grab my docking station and I move into the basement and I set myself up and here is where I've been sitting the whole time. Right. Pretty much, right? Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call. Oh, yeah. So I go back to the office for a day. No monitor. No, no monitor, no microphone, no green screen, no camera, no lighting. You know, got to set it all back up again, right? right. Actually, yeah, I had to go purchase more, oh. right? Because you know we're going to be going back and forth. So that's just like... Just like a very simple little little yeah. component. Take a look at what we have done over the past year in terms of Zoom. All right, we're on a nice call right now. People got really used to it. They figured it out. Got multiple people on calls. We know how to mute, unmute, all this kind of stuff. What happens when you're sitting in a cubicle next to three other people? How's that going to work, right, on Zoom? What's going to happen when you have half your team at home and half your team in the office? sitting in a conference table. You have the technology in your conference room to be able to really accommodate that. This is not like it was pre-pandemic. We were, we were huge Zoom users and sometimes we did some of this hybrid stuff and it was okay, right? And we enjoyed it because it was novel at the time. But now people are expecting, you're expecting to see my face and to have this kind of interaction with me. Yeah. You don't wanna see me in a room with five people and not know who to look at and and where the you know who's talking and how do you share a screen you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so and if and if you're home and you're getting this sort of like really sort of zoomed out experience how does that make you feel do you feel like you're not connected to the company anymore right so there's a lot of lot of stuff going on here that really is is very strategic it's very corporate right it's like um it's it's really important business stuff stuff that ceos are struggling with i'm, I'm in touch with a lot of ceos and, and a lot of coos and they are just absolutely struggling how's it going to look going forward but it, the only thing that can actually make it work is the technology right, right. so I mean, I can keep going. I got more examples, <laughs> but stop well, me well, asking. Right? Yeah. Well, um, the the idea of you know, like you said, you went into work and oh crap, everything was at home because I've been working at home for the better part of a year or over a year. Um, and I know, I know, you know, some companies are letting their employees pretty much take things back and forth as as they go. Mm -hmm. um, so what can you know? you as an IT guy do to keep tabs on all those devices going in and out of the office. Um, and, you know, one day they're on your very insecure home network. The next day they're, you're bringing them back to the office. So, you know, what, what, what can you do to manage that? So look, the, so you, there's really two things you're dealing with. One is inventory control, hmm. right? One is just very basic inventory control. And the other is uh, how do you manage these networks and these users remotely? So the first one, honestly, it depends what size you are. And I've, you know, you take a 10 person organization and you tell everyone, hey, you got a company laptop. If you leave, give it to us. And that's about, you know, you, you're pretty much trusting them. That's gonna work for a while, up until you get to, I don't know, 30, 40 people maybe. And then, and then comes in the, the uh, barcoding, 
right? And, and then you're going to slap, slap little barcodes on, and you're going to have an inventory control package, and you're going to make sure that people sign out their what they're taking, um, and you're going to make sure that they sign their life away, saying that if they lose it or destroy it, they'll replace it. And you know, I, I, so I think that's that's solvable. It's annoying, but it's solvable. Um, the the better news is that all of the remote management, all of the remote patching, all of the remote um, tools that are there to help you manage your, you know, the user's systems, they're there. That's what we MSPs have been doing for years now. We've been doing this since 2005, right? And, and all those tools are out there and available for the public. You, you can still have centralized patching, you can still have centralized um, antivirus, anti-spyware, you now have advanced security programs that you should be loading up on everybody's machines, even if you can, if people are using their home machines, I would suggest you put, and when I talk about advanced security, I'm talking about um, programs like Sentinel-1, which seems to have come out like really, really strong over, especially over the pandemic, as uh, an anti-ransomware uh, program and you know they've got artificial intelligence and they got 24 by 7 monitoring and you know they got all this stuff going on and it's distributed so you got a centralized console where you can see what's going on with every single machine um, but they're doing their work on your people's machines no matter where that machine is so that's very important stuff um, and you know and all the all the remote control software that's out there and has been out there for a long time to help people, um, help MSPs and IT departments support their um, their users. Uh, and we were joking around about uh, Log Me In before we started the interview. That was like one of the pioneers in the field. There's lots of other ones now, and and it is not. And you can even do it through Zoom. I don't. I mean, you know, it's that, it's that kind of a package now. And you, just take over the person's desktop and, and you fix it, right? Because you're still running the help desk or you're outsourcing a help desk that can do that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's really important to be able to deliver that support wherever the person is. And the, the, the trick becomes, do you care? Does it matter if they're actually in the office or at home? Because you're not going to start, let's say you need to physically touch something of theirs, right? Like, um, I don't know, you got to get your hands on the laptop. It's a hardware issue. Um, well, it becomes prohibitively expensive to send people to users' houses. It's just expensive. You're going to need a lot of people. And, um, and that's, that's tricky. So at that point, the whole idea of people going back and forth from home to the office starts helping you a little bit. And if you can get organized about it and always have the first touch be remote and the first phone call, remote control, you know, all the all that kind of support. And then if it needs additional help, then the responsibility is on the user to bring it into the office for you to actually touch it and fix it. Mm. You know, that I think that's sort of the triage there you have to do. Yeah. Um so you know, so far for for you, is this creating you know extra work? Are there a lot of uh, you know extra help desk desk tickets when uh you know your your customers are, are going back to the office? Um, 
knock on wood. Yeah. Have a little right here just for that purpose. Um, <laughs> uh, we have been preparing our customers for this for the entire pandemic. Right. Once we once they were moved into their homes, we uh, sort of tried to think ahead a little bit and say what's what's going to happen next, and um, and so we we started preparing them that they should be they should be planning for this. They should be securing their equipment, uh, even the stuff that's at home, and um, and we've already because we're an MSP, we've already got the built-in remote support and the remote management and all that uh, for our clients. So so the answer to answer your question, no, it has not caused extra help desk. Also, it's not happened yet. So uh, I think from a timing perspective, we do see clients going back to the office like you are. Uh, twice, you know, twice a week back to the office kind of thing, but it's only like 20% of the clients because yeah. we're only in June. And right. I think everyone seems to be targeting Labor Day as the mass, everybody, this is what we're doing going forward day. Yeah, right, right. So, um, you know, when that time comes, you know, you know, what do you think IT department should do to stay on stay on top of those those tickets and uh you know not not lose their minds because i know um i'll let you answer no it's okay um the the uh so first of all prepare 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 do everything you can in advance right look at all the elements of the technology that you're going to need to put in place everything right everything from conference room technology to network security to home security to um what kind of remote access, what kind of remote support, um, what kind of office presence are you gonna have from your IT team? Because a lot of IT teams are working remotely now too. Um, <clears throat> do your damnedest to figure this stuff out and move on it ahead of your user population. That's number one. Uh, the more, God, I cannot emphasize this enough. The more prep you do, the easier this will be for you. Right. And, and then, um, I guess the other thing I would really recommend is communicate like there's no tomorrow. Tell people what you're doing. Ask for feedback. Is it working for you at home now? When you pop into the office for a day, does it work for you? You know, really get get the feedback as, as quickly as you can. Also, there's a little bit of a mind shift, mind, mind state that, um, what am I trying to say? Paradigm shift. I'm not trying to use uh, like people's names. Par a paradigm shift where you got to stop worrying so much about securing your network and you got to start worrying about securing your data mm. because your data is going all over the place. You might have some in the office. You might have some on people's laptops, home machines, <clears throat> in the cloud, in cloud servers, in data centers. Stop thinking about securing the network. Start thinking about securing your data wherever it is. It's a real paradigm shift. So um, I think that those would be the, the biggest things. Prepare and communicate. Because once you're in it, I mean, I'm assuming we got a, some sort of a ticketing system. You are tracking what people are, 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 are doing for, you know, are the issues people are having. And hopefully you're categorizing them in a way that you can address things that start to creep up and be big. Um, more systematically, and then start knocking them down. And if it, if you get overwhelmed, and this is this is probably one of the biggest 
failings across the IT community, including MSPs, uh, is we tend, we all tend to under-communicate. Even though we think we're communicating, we're not. And we need to really push on the communication side. So if you're leading an IT team, push your team to over-communicate with, with your your customers, right? Your your users. You got you've got to communicate. There are this is a big transition for everybody. And they've got their own stuff that they're worried about. And if something's falling apart on the technology side, they're sitting there going, you know, feeling unmoored and, and they don't know what to do. And if they don't feel like someone's taking care of them, even if you're not actually doing anything at that particular moment, you can send them an email and say, I got your issue. I, I know here's the plan i'll be back in touch tomorrow just over 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 communicate it's really going to help a lot yeah um so we kind of briefly touched on the on the, on the security aspect um you know i i was uh i was a bad i was a bad end user and i uh had not connected to the vpn to to update in uh, quite a while and so uh I had an issue, so I had to send in a ticket, and then uh, he was like, "Dude, like, come on!" And he took, you know, did the remote um, access, and you know, just spent like a couple hours cleaning things up for me. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you should be doing some of that, you know, before your your end users get back to the office. Um, now, how important is it to make sure that? You know, devices are fully patched and updated uh, you know before they, they before they come back so um, very I would say very and I would say that it's not a question of patching and updating them before they come back to the office I would say it's a question of patching and updating them all the time there yeah. there is there is um, there's no excuse these days for only getting patched when you VPN to the office. That's not that's not centralized patch management. Sorry, uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm part, I, I don't mean to throw your IT folks under the bus, no. but there's plenty of tools out there that will let you be off the network and still make sure that you're patched on a regular basis. And if you, as the as the bad end user, don't reboot your machine. They'll reboot your machine for you once a week, you know, and you'll be a little annoyed when you get there in the morning, but you'll be patched. Right. Okay. And what happened over the pandemic is that the hackers and the scammers went bananas. Yep. They went bananas. You saw quadrupling of data breaches. You saw even higher than that uh, phishing scams, which is how all of these data breaches start. Right. And you saw, I, don't, I mean, you've been watching the news, right? Ransomware in all everywhere, it's destructive. So if we're not doing the basics to keep our machines patched all the time, we have to, because that's why these companies patch them is to plug up the security holes. That's why they do it. It's not, you know, there's no other reason why occasionally they'll release a feature, but we don't notice that. And right. so <laughs> we've got enough features. So we just need the security plug and, um, yeah, so it's very, very important. And you don't you do not want to bring a corrupt machine or an unpatched machine into your office network and let it infect everyone. But again, if you're doing your job managing all these machines, no matter where they are, 
you won't have that problem. Right, right. Um, so how do you how do you move forward and kind of marry you know this all all this uh, um, uh, these cloud based services like like uh, Zoom, Microsoft Teams that you, that you've been using with a legacy system like a, like a like a you know like a business phone system? You know how do you pretty much just say well this is what we're doing now and just get rid of uh, the, those legacy systems? I I I do believe in burning the bridges. Um, I do believe like, so, um, we implemented Slack in my company, I don't know, maybe four years ago, four or five years ago, uh, when it was still pretty new. And we decided that we were going to go all in. Mm. We did training and we set everything up in a really nice way. And, you know, we really, we integrated it with some of our other systems, but we said we were using probably like four other instant messaging systems and channeling systems. And we literally shut them all down on the day we went live with Slack. Right. Now, I think maybe a phone system is separate from something like Slack or Zoom. Um, I mean, unless you're using Zoom phone, mm. but um, which, uh, which is actually a, a pretty decent phone system for many people. Right. Um, but yeah, I would uh, I would consider I would consider eliminating eliminating systems when, where you can. Mm. So, for example, we have a separate phone system because our help desk requires a fairly intricate, um, you know, queue management and all that kind of stuff. So, so we have a separate phone system, and that phone system has its own meeting system and video system and all that stuff. We shut all that stuff down. We're we're a Zoom shop, so for you know, we're not we're not touching that. <laughs> don't don't get us started. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Um, I I also say just kind of proactively for a lot of people right at the beginning of the pandemic, put in programs like Slack and like Teams and um, Teams more uh, even than Slack. But uh, and they did it quickly and it really helped. Right, it yeah. really let people communicate and feel like they were connected. Now's a good time to go back and take a look at your implementation and say, did I really do it with intent? Did I do it strategically? Did I set up the, did we set up the right channels? You know, is there anything that we would want to modify going forward? It's a, it's a good, you've been using it for a year, year and a half. Let's take a step back right. and do surveys, bring in a consultant, do what you need to do to like fix your, Fix it up so it's more useful for people. The teams, the pages, the tabs, the project, yeah. Yeah. SharePoint, SharePoint. Maybe a lot of people pulled that in. Is your folder structure good? So now's a good time to do that too, because life's going to get even more confusing and complicated coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, on that note, I think a lot of companies just kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say panic, but they knew they had to do. They knew they had to do something. They had to bring in Zoom or Teams or Slack or something. You know, last March, so they threw it together and said, "Okay, um, go home, have fun, see ya, uh, whenever." Um, and now, yeah, now that now that you know, we're kind of trying to figure out what hybrid work means. Um, you know, where do those where do those systems fit in, and how can you build on top of them? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's exactly the, but you you threw in the foundation, you threw it in pretty quickly. Um, now go back and double check it. Make sure all the corners are are nicely set, and 
let's start building the house, right? Let's, let's make sure that you got this technology. Let's make sure that it's really, I mean, you're paying for it, right? And they're all very customizable. I mean, Zoom, not so much. Zoom's a video platform, but, um, but boy, Teams and Slack and SharePoint and uh, all these packages people put in to help them share information um, in a pinch, they're incredibly customizable. And when you customize them to fuel your business, right? Like if you make them, if you wrap them around your business a little bit and your workflow, you can recognize some incredible drivers of efficiency and collaboration. And um, it's, it's a real win for IT departments to do that. It's a real win because you got your users coming back and saying, this is spectacular. Have you, have you ever talked to someone who just figured out that they can do collaborative co-authoring of a document. And so what I'm saying is, is that you're, you're working on a document in SharePoint and maybe it's a Word document and you've been working on it like on screen, right, on, on the browser. And there's an open in desktop app button, right, edit, and you can click that. And you can work on it in your full version of Word at the same time that three other people are doing the same thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see these people like in your document running around, we're all fixing it up, and we're making it perfect. I tell you, the first time that happened to me, I was like, this is the best. <laughs> I just finished this document in 15 minutes. Would have taken me three hours otherwise to go from one person to another to another to right, another. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I have seen, I've heard that kind of thing from our clients and from and um, end users, and you you see that it's like a real eye opener, right? Because you took what's built into that package and you brought it out into the community, mm. and that becomes like a real win for IT IT groups because they've, you know, that, just a, this is one example, but that that kind of help of right get this into your workflow is uh, impressive. It's an impressive achievement. Um, I, I think that really answers the um, all the questions I had, unless there's anything else that you think um, you know, we, need, we need to hit on. Um, not really. Uh, you know, one of the questions uh, that you were talking about was what IT people uh, might want to have on their checklist. Mm. And, and if you want, rather than me just spewing it out, I have a checklist we put together a little while ago. And I oh, beautiful. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, great. So I have great. to modify the first sentence, and then I'll send it over. <laughs> great. Yeah, that, yeah that, that'd be extremely helpful. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, great. Well, Hanan, uh, thanks very much. I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, was this helpful? This give you oh, everything? yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, of yeah. course. I got a little excited about it, but, the, but you know, there you go. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, I, I, I like excitement. Um, <laughs> it's better than being uh, uh, boring. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate cool. it. Um, so, so what I'm planning on doing, um, earlier this week, I put together something just from, uh, from other sources that you know, answered my request. And now um, we think we're going to build this into like, um, like a downloadable resource for, for other IT departments. So you'll be, you know, quoted in, in that as well. Okay, cool. Um, and then um, this is a good interview, so there's a good chance I'll use it in a, in a podcast as well, um, either this week or next.
So we the um so today Thursday, so tomorrow, oh, or next Friday. Okay, I'm sure my uh, marketing team will probably reach out to get like when you're gonna publish stuff. Yeah, stuff for you. Great, very good. Wonderful. Right. Thank you so much. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah, you as well. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.